0: Bon.
1: good evening dan
0: so this is the third day in a row that we've recorded
1: this is madness
0: yeah this is this is how it should be yeah it's so much easier just being here because like yeah. like today for example i just messaged you like i'll finish at five half five i'll just come around after mm. so easy
1: yeah the only problem is if we talk about any time related matters it just seems really out of context for when yeah. this is going to be because this is this episode is going to be uploaded in three weeks from the time of recording three weeks or two weeks yeah 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 yeah. two weeks but say if we record again tomorrow we'll record another episode today right now that'll be three weeks so it'll be interesting if we do talk about any time related topics i mean yesterday we spoke about the whole tesla madness that was happening but that's going to be uploaded well one week from when we recorded it So by, by then, like, who knows where the price could be? So they'll be like, why are they getting gas? The price is at like 600, like what do they mean? Like a thousand. So it'll be, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Or we just are like absolute idiots because we just won't have like new information. So we'll we'll be talking like without half the information about a particular time-related matter. Whereas everyone's like, all of this has been solved. Like, why are you trying to discuss this? Like, it's over.
0: So like, because I wanted to make a couple more observations on Tesla, but now it's just far too late. So we like, (laughs) like we just can't. Yeah, we just can't. It's too far away. I was thinking what to talk about today. If you don't mind, I would like to reflect on GP placement so far that I've had, if that's cool with you. Sounds
1: good. I mean, I'm comfortable.
0: Um so yeah, it's something that I started yesterday and it's my first experience in GP since second year. And in second year I didn't really know what was going on too much. It was more just to get used to the environment. Yeah, it was more just to get used to the environment. Now there's much more of a responsibility on me as a final year student. So like for example, today I was doing my own consultations and afterwards would speak about it with the doctor to make sure that I didn't make any mistakes and Also, for example, doing vaccines for adults and children without supervision. It's just a different vibe and it's something I'm still acclimatising to. So, yeah, I've just got a couple of thoughts from it that Mm. I'd like to share and then see what you think about as well. So the first thing is I realise now that the way I make decisions has to change because when I'm speaking with a patient, okay, okay, I need to be careful how I say this because I don't want it to come across like I'm lax or like I'm careless. Mm. Mm. I'm very careful. But you can never be 100% with patients. So, for example, a lot of the consultations I'm doing are over the phone. I can't see what they're describing sometimes, you know. So, for example, one lady today, she had chest pain. She phoned because she had chest pain since early in the morning. I spoke to her I was very confident that it wasn't something cardiac related it was on inspiration it was on the right hand side it like it it just didn't sound like something cardiac related to me
1: (laughs) I mean just saying those signs someone's probably gonna like write a review like once I got the differential wrong bro yeah (laughs) it's cardiac
0: really yeah Yeah. no I mean for sure like it's I, I spoke to her for like a good ten minutes, and it it definitely didn't sound like something cardiac related, especially because she'd had it for a few days. It wasn't related to exercise or anything, so mm. it it sounded more like a musculoskeletal pain, yeah, which is obviously very common as well. Yeah. Anyway, I was very, even despite being very confident it wasn't cardiac related, I didn't want to just leave it and say mm. oh, it was probably nothing and safety net, which is where you um tell the patient what to do if they get worse and make sure that you know they know what to do if like yeah i don't know the situation changes so when i spoke to the doctor about it after i was quite like dubious of my decision and i was not very confident the doctor was like oh yeah it's definitely msk like don't worry i was like Mm. oh my goodness this doctor hasn't seen the patient though but they're already very confident because for them they've seen thousands of cases you know and they can recognize yeah. immediately the patterns and i realize you cannot be 100% sure in his mind as long as i've safety netted sh- the patient knows where to go if she gets worse and she knows who to contact it's it's she will probably she will almost certainly be okay and you can't you know you can't assume the worst differential diagnosis for every patient otherwise mm the system's going to get overloaded by 95% of them being nothing. But I still wasn't completely confident. I didn't trust myself enough. So what I did is I I asked him if I could ask her to come in. So she came in and I saw her for like five minutes, did like a cardiac exam and just like... I didn't, I wasn't able to do an ECG on her, but yeah. It, what I realised after is it, it was almost certainly musculoskeletal pain. By that point, I was very confident. And I realised I didn't need to do these... There's five, ten minutes, and probably when I'm working as a GP, I'm not going to want to do that every morning, you know, taking extra patients unnecessarily Mm -hmm. just for my peace of mind more than anything. It's not right. So by the afternoon, I was more used to making a decision and sort of committing to it. Again, as long as I'm being safe and the patient is knows what to do um, if they get worse, um, then... Like, I have to get used to that feeling. And it's something that I haven't really had before, you know. I guess as students and as junior doctors, we don't, we're not in the like final line of responsibility, but it's a different feeling already having yeah. that sort of, yeah. I don't know. And, and for example, with the um, way I'm treated by people, I noticed there's a difference now. Like, for example, when I went to um, the hotel today, actually, do you, want to, do, you want to, do you have any thoughts following on from what I just said? I don't want to keep talking.
1: Uh, just, just, just carry on with your current train of thought, and um. okay.
0: It, basically, the only other thing I was going to say is I noticed that the way people treat me is a bit different now, as well. In like in this GP surgery, and for example, today we went to a hotel to do some vaccines. The way that I was being treated was different. People, like I can see what people mean by respect, like that you get
1: for the medical profession.
0: Yeah, people. I'm not used to it really. Like, mm. a, people are really being respectful towards me. And usually, because I'm a young person, and I don't know, like, I don't deserve, I don't warrant automatic respect from people necessarily. It was just something quite like, it, it took me aback a little bit because it yeah, it was really quite nice. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. another thing I have to get used to. It's just an observation I made, but, and I suppose it's just a nice thing, like, it's a nice observation, but. Could
1: it not have just been the manners of the people at that hotel in terms of, like, the staff or whatever? Or was it? Could well the, have been,
0: but it was more that um, one of them. I think it's because they were waiting for us to do the vaccines. They were happy that we were there. Fine. But its uh, I'm still very confident. Like, for example, the patients, when I speak to them... Ah, great example. When I speak on the phone with them, uh, they... I explain that I'm a medical student, but I think some patients don't really make the distinction between doctor and medical student. Yeah. I think they just hear the medic bit, and we're talking about the...
1: they make the... What's it called? The distinction too great. Whether our medical student? No way. No. 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 But if you're, it depends. In certain hospitals, especially in London, where there are different ethnic groups, you know, concentrations, especially like the Ind- Indo-Pak, like region uh, or like ethnicities, say like an Ealing hospital or something, the doctors would never say medical student. They would say student doctor. Mm. I don't know if we've had this yes. discussion before. Where it there, it's like twofold. One student doctor it's just automatically it just sounds nicer than a medical student you just sound like a weird uni student it's the thing like my brother was saying is like oh you go to uni not university kind of thing uh, medical student and then the other thing with student doctor is that you're saying doctor last so then that's the thing that gets stuck into their head and they kind of Exclude the student. Pan just see doctor. Oh yeah, basically a doctor. Whereas when you say medical student, again, student is the last. And then
0: oh, student. No, that's that's something I haven't done. Like I, I introduce myself as a medical student. Yeah,
1: I would always introduce myself as a medical student. But it's just it's interesting to analyse the change in response that you get mm. when the doctor introduces you as a medical student or a student doctor.
0: That is interesting. I remember at Dartford when I was on placement one of the doctors would introduce me as a senior medical student. No, no, no a senior student doctor. Oh, he was like, this wow. You're is one of my senior student now. doctors. I was like, what, what is a senior student doctor? I was <laughs> um, like, isn't a senior student doctor just a doctor? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, the, the other thing I noticed is going on from the respect thing, patients, when they're... The, the patients who I can tell haven't really made the distinction between medical student and doctor, they will feel almost ashamed when they admit something bad that they've done or like i ask for example do, do you smoke the, multiple people are very sheepish about it when they say yes mm. it might be because it's in the community i don't know but they're like ashamed a to admit it whereas in hospital i've not really noticed that so much people will just say like yeah i, I smoke yeah is i know there's a small sample size but I, I thought it was quite interesting
1: yeah i think the admitting drugs it's, it, it depends massively on the part of society they're from and their cultures and stuff and whether it's looked down upon because yeah I've had some people when they're like "Mm," they'd they'd like hesitate or almost choke and be like uh no or and then you'd like obviously have to ask have you ever smoked and they'd be like "Mm, yeah you know when I was really young and then realize yeah it was a 20 20 pack year smoking history um even though they start like 20 years just because they're elderly and stuff so it's sometimes really hard to get that out of certain people because they are ashamed. And I suppose it's just all the, you know, cultural stuff being imposed upon them. But some people are like, yeah, smoking, or, you know, maybe they're not smoking. It's like, have you taken any recreational drugs or do you ever take any? They're like, oh yeah, I take, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh yeah, I take, you know, cocaine. Blah. They're just happy to tell you They're almost like boasting. So yeah, it's, it's interesting the different kind of types you get. So I think that might be, yeah, probably, very society related, but
0: and another thing is the the way that I'll present a management plan hasn't really been questioned yet, and I'm thinking like oh. I'm surprised more well, like to the doctor, to the patient. So if oh. I talk afterwards to the patient about the management plan, yeah, sometimes they're like quite. Um... Can you give an example of? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, give me one moment. I think. Okay. A, a couple of examples. One guy a woman wasn't a woman wasn't feeling well this morning she had a problem with her foot okay she had what we thought was just a foot infection so mm. prescribed some antibiotics called her back it was like we prescribed you some antibiotics it'll be at the pharmacy later she was like okay she was like fine yeah. Like she didn't i because I, I feel like as a patient i would be curious you know like mm. oh like you know why? Why do you think it's that? Because I didn't see it in person. I just spoke. I just took the history, presented it to the doctor. We both agreed it sounded like an infection. Mm. She'd sent a photo of it, and then um, the antibiotics were prescribed. Mm. But yeah, like well, I guess it's the the way that it's just accepted. Or for example, someone else uh, phoned and they had been feeling anxious, and um, we I phoned her back and told her that maybe she should take two weeks off of work. And she just said, Yeah, okay. Like, she was like, Okay.
1: suppose a lot of people aren't going to question, Oh, yeah, no, two days, yeah, two, two weeks yeah. off work. That's I not going to be a question.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. But the, it's just the, I could just feel like what I said was really listened to. And I'm not used to that so much. And Was or wasn't? Is, is listened to. Like, at the moment, when I speak to a patient, yeah, I feel like they'll really take on board what I say. Um, and it's just something I, I haven't really experienced before in the hospital setting where I guess we're not expected to really give our opinions to the patients too much. The best thing when we're in hospital, we can really do is take a history, present it to the, um, doctors on the ward, look for signs and yeah, we don't really get too involved in the, we don't really get too involved in the act of management. So yeah, I don't know. It's just a different feeling essentially. Mm.
1: Um, it's a lot of responsibility, I suppose.
0: At the GP or in the hospital? Uh, at the GP, it is more responsibility and that's why i've been thinking about decision making and
1: i suppose it's the nature of just being in sixth year as well so
0: um yeah i guess so something that i don't feel ready for yet but was
1: it was it very different in like the hospital in sixth year as well
0: uh no in the hospital it felt like i was in third or fourth year yeah. and, like they, they all feel the same it's more in gp that, it, that i'm starting to notice if it was really different like Sometimes this, like, again, I don't want this to sound bad. Ultimately, I'm a student and I'm there to learn. Sometimes I don't really know what I'm doing when I'm like taking the history, you know? Yeah. So I'm just figuring it out as I go along. And that's, yeah. that's the point of it. You know, you're put yeah. in at the deep end and they want to challenge you. And there's always the supervisor there making sure that you're, you're, you know, you're not doing anything bad. And I know how to make sure the patient is safe and everything. But yeah, sometimes, like, uh, for example, with hand examinations, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just sort of, figuring it out as I go along.
1: Hand examinations. Do you get a lot of that?
0: <laughs> There've been a few hand examinations oh, or like joint, like yeah. pain in a certain mm. joint of the hand, which I know nothing about. And I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm there yeah. just to ask questions, try and get the information out and then give that accurately to the doctor. But yeah, what I'm saying is, I, I'm sitting there with the patient asking these questions, but I don't actually clearly know what's going on, but you, you don't want to show that so much. So it's a bit of a slight like, you have to show deceptive
1: you're not you're not deceiving but i suppose it wouldn't be particularly reassuring if you could tell on the doctor's face they have like they have no idea what they're doing basically
0: yeah it's it's a fine balance because you don't want to exaggerate so i wouldn't say like oh i don't know i wouldn't do something silly like oh i know Mm -hmm. what this is or you know obviously you shouldn't do that anyway but if i really don't know what something is I won't say, oh, I have absolutely no clue what was going on. Mm. I'd rather say, okay, like, hold on, let me just speak about this with my senior and we'll come mm. back.
1: Whereas you are typically the type of person to straight away admit, like in a general kind of scenario, yeah. be like, oh yeah, I have no idea. I'm not an expert, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. My, my opinion basically means nothing.
0: 100%, that's so, what I do generally. So that's why, I'm, that's why I'm saying it's been a bit of a, a shift for me because... I usually very like happily will say, I don't know anything about this because, I don't know, it also takes away the pressure. But in this, you, you shouldn't really be relieving yourself of the pressure because the patient's coming to you wanting an answer or wanting help. You know, the last thing they want is the person who they've come to for help to just say, I don't know what's going on. That's not very yeah. reassuring. So, yeah.
1: So there, there are two points I have off this. I suppose one thing is that just because of the nature of medicine... A lot is just unknown. So it's not supposed... So saying, I don't know. So say if the patient asks you a question, right? And it's not actually established in the literature or within the science as to what the mechanism or cause or, you know, why something has happened. Saying, I don't know, like you're putting that upon yourself then, saying, I don't know. Or it's better to say that, you know, we haven't, like, the, as scientists, we haven't figured it out kind of thing because then that takes it off you. So then, but if you were to say, oh, I don't know, then the patient would probably feel like the answer is there but you personally don't know Um, so I think that's an important clarification to always make Uh, and yeah that would still maintain confidence in you as a doctor from the patient whilst also admitting to the fact that medicine isn't just so clear-cut like a lot of people like to assume or you know maybe just don't have the insight into it (laughs) Knowing that a lot of it is almost a bit wishy-washy, so it's kind of like trial and error. Like, give an anti oh, that one didn't work. Let's try another one, and another one. Oh, oh okay, fine. Um, so, yeah, that 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 was point one, and the other point is, I've sometimes used the medical medical student thing as an escape route out of any kind of responsibility, and I, I suppose that's what it is, right? So. You you can't be really held liable as a student because you know you are a student, so you technically have no responsibility. It is upon the supervising doctors or teachers or whatever. But sometimes a patient has, like asked me a question, like just say I was I was on psych over the past couple of weeks and I was just in the you know psych ward bit and you know because the patient was just walking around, just came up to me, started talking, and asked me a couple of questions and stuff, and then she asked for like my opinion. <laughs> I don't know what I'm meant to do then. Like, do I give my opinion as to
0: Oh I completely This is so of, yeah, That's what I've, I would, I would just I'd give off. a
1: very vague answer that's non-controversial, but then I'm just like like, you know, I'm just a I'd I would start off with I'm just a medical student, so I'm not really allowed to, you know, uh give like my like it or it's the doctor's job to give his opinion and figure out what the treatment plan is or, you know, whether you're allowed to go out on leave or something, which is a big issue in psych. Or I can't remember, there, there was another situation where a, a patient asked me like, oh, what causes this? Or, okay, no, the situation was the patient was asking me about mind control because so she was, she she had, uh, had an acute episode of psychosis and, you know, the delusions that come from it in terms of uh, delusions of like, um, you know, thought possession. Thought insertion. Yeah, that was it, thought insurgent, withdrawal, and you know thought blocking that kind of stuff and then her although she she had really good insight and she'd recovered well and stuff and she was like a really high functioning in, individual at the end, she, she wanted to obviously know like, you know, why it happened, what causes it and stuff. And, you know, it's obviously multifactorial, but then she was, she had an overvalued idea on the aspect. So not a delusion, but an overvalued idea on the aspect of mind control and, you know, hypnosis, that kind of stuff. She was really digging into me. So I asked if she had any questions and she'd mentioned it before, but she really started digging about as to whether I think mind control is possible because she thought that was the there was another person that you know was part of the history that you know she thought was like causing the hallucinations and stuff she was having and so she really like drilled me about mind control and i was like how much do i say do i just say outright like no Mm. (laughs) like according to medical science no (laughs) or do i try and give a more softer answer and Or obviously, I'm not going to agree with her because, at least personally, I don't think it's correct. And according to the literature as well, it's in terms of causing straight delusions and thought with withdrawal and stuff like that. You know, I'm not really aware of anything. Haven't been taught anything like that either. So, yeah, how much? How much would I say? How much would I say is not or is backed by certain literature? Or how much do I say is my opinion? Or let's just give another example of like an infection or an autoimmune condition, right? Something that's probably easier to tackle, you know, what causes it or what do I think causes it? And when it comes to certain diseases, especially ones like autoimmune conditions or diabetes related, anything that's metabolic related or even immune related, I generally have, you know, a different subset of opinions compared to say what is like the orthodox medical school teaching. So if if i did just agree with you know what medical school said in certain etiologies or what the manage best management is for a certain condition then i wouldn't have any really concern of just saying you know this is what they say this is probably what's best but because i don't then what do i say is like you know what's my opinion what's backed by science what's like i had this weird issue have have you had that
0: definitely is again in the last couple of days like a patient one lady the lady with chest pain she was saying to me, "Do you think like she was worried about having breast cancer?" Interesting. And she said, "Like, could I this? Could an acute like breast cancer have come on this morning? Um, could that be a cause of the pain?" Mm. And this is
1: why you got ice
0: patients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is why I got to check their ideas, concerns, and yeah. expectations. But like, I didn't want to just say, "Oh no." Is, is definitely not breast cancer because, it, you know, you wouldn't have symptoms come on that quickly because I don't know. there like, can always
1: be that weird edge case.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I, but then if, if you, also you don't want to encourage someone to think that that's a possibility when it's extremely unlikely.
1: Yeah, because I feel like a senior consultant in that kind of stuff would be like, nah, you know, not possible kind of, like, it's incredibly, but they just say it with GP, certainty.
0: The, the GP, will, like, when he will speak to a patient, he would just be like, no, it's, it's, it's Like, it's not that.
1: Yeah. But the thing is that sometimes I have the confidence in saying like, you know, yeah, it's not that or it is this. But am I allowed to be that confident, if that makes sense? Because again, it's
0: like, okay, I I translate this decision making process into driving. When you're driving, you are taking a series of risks as well. Would you say that's fair?
1: Yeah, it's very risky, technically.
0: Like you're you're just committing, like everything you do, I suppose, is a series of risks. You're just Mm -hmm. constantly taking risks if you're going outside the risks are absolutely minuscule. But it's the same in medicine as well because you can just miss something, you know? Like, that that's very plausible. You obviously have to do all, your can, all you can to make sure that risk is 0.00, you know, close mm. to zero is one, a, as small as possible. But you can never know. If you're discharging a patient, you can never know for sure that they're going to be 100% okay and that you haven't missed something. But it's just getting used to that idea and also safety netting. That's, in my head, the biggest takeaway from it or the biggest way to like quell that concern is think okay right like with this lady I think it's so unlikely that she has breast cancer I think it's so unlikely that she's having a heart attack I think it's all like very confident that it's a musculoskeletal pain but I then explained to her like how it feels to have a heart attack and I explained to her the importance of checking your breasts for lumps and Mm. like how you can do that And then her leaving, I realised. Oh, okay. I I feel a lot better now because I have made that clear to her. That sort of now, part she has a part in this in terms of responsibility to make sure that she's okay as well. I think educating patients is incredibly important as well. And I don't, I don't want to sit here and act like I know how to like manage patients (laughs) because I'm actually a complete baby. (laughs) But um, in terms of like my medical career, I'm, I'm still, you know, I haven't even graduated, but. I can already see the importance of sitting down with the patient and just for two or three minutes, she was so worried she was having a heart attack this morning, but she didn't, she thought the heart is in the right hand side of the chest. That's,
1: yeah, fair enough.
0: you know, like it's, which is like, you know, I guess if you haven't, if you haven't about studied it, any of that, yeah, how, yeah. how are you going to know? Exactly. So she, she thought it was on that side of the chest and even explaining that to her made her feel so much calmer thinking mm. like, Oh, you know, it will more be in the middle of your chest or on the left hand side of your chest. Cause that's you know, where the heart is, uh, unless, you know, she has oh, dextrocardia. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> unless. <laughs> see, oh, see, there's God. always that, unless, unless she you has just do a, a, do a, a rare medical X-ray. condition. Like,
1: actually, no, nah. yes. Yeah, dextrocardia.
0: Oh. But I did a cardiac exam. So <laughs> now I'm just walking through it in my own head. See, I think you can end up spiralling in this sort of job as well. Like you can, because of this, like never being 100% certain, you can just second guess yourself all the time. Yeah. Oh, that, that's something you have to like control, I guess, in yourself, in your mm. internal dialogue. Anyway, yeah, that's all I had to say really on this It's just sort of thinking about how I make decisions, accepting that everything I do is technically a small risk. Every decision you make, I, I don't know if you can ever be 100% sure on something, but then thinking, okay, what can I do to make this as safe as possible, basically, and mm. minimize that risk. And yeah, I think the answer to that in part is education of the patient and openness to let them know what you're thinking and like how to look for signs of, like if, if you're wrong, how they could possibly take... Tell.
1: Do you think this is gonna change how you make decisions in other aspects of life?
0: Yes. I think it is.
1: It's more risky or less risky. Um like are you gonna be more open to taking more riskier decisions or going off less information or
0: something? I think I'll I think it's oh it's a difficult question to answer because I think it depends on the context. Yeah. You know? True. The only, only thing I've noticed so far is when I'm driving <laughs> where <laughs> like I'll commit to a decision more. And also I realised like if you commit to a decision, the drivers around you will more likely understand what you're doing. Ah, uh,
1: yeah. It's, yeah, you see, commitment is a, like just committing and just taking the stick for it, almost, if you are wrong, is, I think that's appreciated more in society, maybe not in society, or maybe it's kind of frowned upon in society being just like stern, like, yeah, no, this is what I'm going with, this is what I think is right kind of thing. But in general, like on an individual level, everyone appreciates when someone can just make the decision and just like confirm it and go forward kind of thing. Um, it's <laughs> just your face. <laughs> you look really confused or like disgusted. Uh, anyway, <laughs> when I was on radiology for a bit, the radiologist was saying that if you are to become a radiologist, you have to get good at just making decisions and just calling the shots. Cause a lot of the time the medical team are waiting upon your, or basically expecting a shot call from you as to what to do next. Or, you know, I think this is X, Y, Z, you should seek, you know, surgical referral, blah, 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 neurosurgical referral, like do this or do that, or, you know, investigate X, Y, Z. They want that for, or to just give the diagnosis, blah, 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 do this next kind of thing. That's what they want from a radiologist pretty much every time. If you're just then, and you're just kind of a bit wishy-washy on, you're not committing to what you're saying, they, they just they don't like because you haven't given them any information it was like what's the point of doing the radiology referral if you aren't actually going to tell them what to do at that point because you're essentially at the last straw by okay radiology referral we need to know what this is or what to do next and blah 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 you know can i drain this abscess or something if you're like uh could be you could drain it might be different like you know I, I don't know what the different you know contraindications are but yeah, they're just going to be like, okay, so what? What should we do? Because yeah. you're the one with the best knowledge to tell us what to do. Is it possible? Is it not possible? So he said they'd rather you just get call the shot, and they'd prefer or that they'd respect you if you're wrong because you just call the shot. You know, you did what you thought was best in your clinical judgment. So I think I, th- yeah. I think throughout like all walks of life, people actually respect you a lot if you just call the shot. You and you just kind of take it on the chin if you are wrong but you were confident and you reasoned with yourself as to why you thought that was the correct, o- obviously
0: within reason, right? That's why I like yeah. prefacing, because I can say, like, uh, this is my opinion. I might be wrong, mm. but I guess that, like... You yeah, but you can't, you can't do that on, like, a radiology...
1: Ref- like, you know, I'd say do this, but it's just my opinion kind of thing. I guess you, you, can, you can say my easily, like, impression this. is this. My impression is that it... Uh, uh, yeah, okay, that is the phrase they use, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, okay, so today the reason why I have to go is because at, at half seven, I've got a football match. It's seven o'clock now. It's about a 10, 15 minute drive. I should probably just, you know, head off in a moment. Yeah. But another fruitful episode.
1: It wasn't, well, I don't know if it was fruitful. Maybe we'll listen back and like, yeah. what the hell were we Can't be certain about? on that decision. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But any, any final thoughts? No. Nah. Just back yourself in it.
1: Mm. Yeah. I,
0: I stand by what I said.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Until the next one. Peace.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Getting It.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, or didn't, then feel free to leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app, or on the Apple Podcasts website.
1: We'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, or questions about anything we discussed, so feel free to email us at thoughts at gettingit.co.uk.
0: You can also reach us on Twitter or Instagram at gettingit underscore pod.
1: You can find all the links in the show notes.